Hey podcast, uh, the Gary V Challenge. Hashtag Gary V Challenge. That's right, I put out the huge deck. How many pages was that, 270? The, the, the deck I put out on my birthday uh, is out there now and now I'm scared. Why am I scared? Because people love consuming information but they hate doing the things in the information. So we're doing the Gary V Challenge. Hashtag Gary V Challenge. What does that mean? I am now challenging you, my audience, to make content at scale. Use the hashtag Gary V Challenge in Facebook, in Instagram, in Twitter, in LinkedIn so that we can find your stuff and I'm gonna pick some winners in January of the people that have gone out and actually made, making, contextually making, making at scale. Please go do that, go check it out. Looking forward to it, please enter. Doing always is better than reading. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What's up podcast and welcome back. Today's episode is from a 4D session that Gary did back in December of 2018. He covers how to prepare your business for the long term, plus some more tactical how-tos. So make sure to let us know what you thought via tweet, text, or leave a review, and I hope you enjoy. Have you ever listened to anybody when you ask them what's their flaw? It's the biggest fucking humble brag of all time. I'm such an expert that like, sometimes I make my team struggle to keep up with my awesomeness. So this portion is like with me, so I think this is when you need to get selfish. Like you need to ask your question. You know, the, you don't have to worry about everybody else. What I've learned through doing some of these is a lot of themes matter. Some are very close businesses, things of that nature, but theoretically, a lot of us are dealing with HR stuff or growth stuff, so I think you'll get a lot out. I, I, wanna, I wanna hedge to make sure you're asking your question as if it was just us, so you get your answer, so. Well, we're together on this, okay. but I have a question Please. That we were discussing. We've, over the years, we've, um, our first business, first and foremost, is Easy and Associates for a Street Group. That's, that's what, what pays, come, like, that's, that's what pays everything, that's yeah. on top. We've had it for 10 years. Yeah. Um, run, we have three brokerages out in Arizona, but we implemented um, Do the Work, so we um, have the coaching consulting. So, but now, I guess this is the question, We've always been coaching our agents. We have over 130, 35 that are in the brokerage. We've always coached them through business, um, personal. personal and everything. So we've been part of their lives. Um, when we created Do The Work, it started as the coaching and consulting business, but this is the problem. When agents come on board, they're constantly marketing Do The Work. So we're, um, they're out there, you know. Um, so, but now, a lot of people are kind of confused what do you do? Are you a coaching and consulting or are you a brokerage? Because agents market do the work constantly as A's and associates. So when you log on to our pages, it's kind of like, are they agents? When you're marketing do the work, it's like an agency, a real estate agency, or coaching and consulting. So it gets a little yeah. confusing. We don't know how to separate things. Well, it, okay. So are you worried about that? Been any I'm not, I guess uh, we're not worried. Well, I guess it's not really a problem. Cuz it sound it sounds like a it sounds like a UI UX issue more than anything else. Meaning, you know, what runs through my mind when I hear that and as you can imagine, like my life can get quite confusing too. I mean, we have all sorts of shit going on. I mean, people are always confused. There's a lot of people who think I'm literally just a public speaker. Like, you know, there's a lot of confusion. Um, I think the question becomes if you're creating less confusion with your core websites. Like you could create a bar at the top of both of your websites, the real estate, you know, the, the, the agent part world and the brand and consulting thing that literally navigates people to the proper place 
if they're looking for one or the other. I, I'm trying to figure out is, so the energy is created, the top of the funnel is created, then they go somewhere. And if they thought they were going to coaching and consulting but they're over here, I think it just becomes a matter of like how much clarity do you want to create on the two separate businesses' websites? And do you have two separate business websites? Yes. I mean, you could, on the, the main business, the tried and true business, have something at time that says, are you looking for do the work consulting? Click here. That literally solves your problem. I think we're overcomplicated thinking that it has to be one or the other. But. Yeah, because we have a lot going on with um, do the work. I mean, we have so much material that we want to grow do the work. Asian Associates Radio, it's, it's growing and it's there. It's kind of running itself, if, if you kind of want to say it that way. We have full staff and everything. But now with Tim and I, we do the work. Um, we have so much material out there. We've come out with um, merchandise. Um, and so we want to start selling that merchandise. This is a super, this is a super common thing. There's so many people that start a business and then get into a place of, whether it's burnout, whether it's excitement for the second baby, yes, the, right? It's, it's, it's 100%. So I think, what, here's what I would say. First and foremost, what you need to do is not create a framework that creates vulnerability to the first business emotionally. Not financially. Like, your employees that work for that company will know if your energy's skewing too much to number two. That's what matters. Not, I landed and I'm confused. You can fix that in a Google search or I just, an H bar that I just told you to make. Got it? You know, like, that's your issue. And it's not, it doesn't have to be an issue. It's the issue that, the cliche move that people like you always create, which is you want to create the perception that you're fully focused on number one but your actions are too obvious to any normal human being that you're excited about number two. I say you own being excited about number two, but you never make number one feel compromised because you create infrastructure, including very simple moves, no different than as simple as I told you to create an H hello bar up top. You could promote an internal person to be president and give them a little more autonomy. You know, like there's things you could do and I think I've been at my worst when I've tried to juggle too many things in my own head and I've become a much better version of myself by leaning all into the clarity on wherever the fuck I am, which is why I've over-exaggerated my entrepreneurship because you know, at some level everybody here is like, well, he's an entrepreneur, like anything's possible. I, I literally say in front of the whole company sometimes, I'm like, you do know that next Tuesday you may walk in and I might change this entire thing into a company that sells hot dogs. <laughs> and, I, and it's because it's true. So I think that, to me, is what smells in a way that doesn't have to be bad. That's what you need to reconcile. Like if you're, you know, if you're trying to create life is good, like, you know, like, you know, like, don't worry, be happy, and like coaching and consulting underneath it, like, that's amazing. It's highly profitable, it's the new thing. It's like, I understand it, but you need to reconcile the past in a fair way in whatever that may be. But nobody's gonna get tricked. And over time that will become your vulnerability. And so like making a video or standing in front of the company and be like, yep, we're 63% here and 37% here and guess what? Our 63 and our 37% over here is gonna make this even better and our 63 plus the halo, it's what I do. Like, like VaynerMedia is the beneficiary of Gary Vee becoming a mon, I'm giving money, what the fuck is this? I don't need VaynerMedia. You'd all pay for me. 
So like I proved to Steve Ross and my brother and myself that me building Gary Vee over the last four years has benefited VaynerMedia. Do you have any partners in the first business? No, it's just us. Well guess what, you're set. And the second business. So guess what, you're set. Nobody's gonna have to sit there and be like, oh fuck, they're gonna care more there because they own 100 of that and only 50, right? Yeah, exactly. Now you just have to create a little more clarity internally at business one. Yes. That's your vulnerability. Okay. Make sense? Yes. A lot? Yeah. Cool. It's just, it, it, is, it is that. It is always that. And there's people like me who are able to have Wine Library and one day when I'm not the CEO of VaynerMedia still be evergreen businesses that are awesome and all that work you put in and then there's people who lose the first one out of trying to bullshit it. Yeah, sure. No, we've been there before where we get distracted by another thing just because we're so bored with this company. You're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah, we're Entre- I'm bored right now. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's, yeah you say that constant, we're constantly building new things and we're just kind of like, okay, how do we? Just be authentically you yeah. and be smart about how, this is why I build relationships with people because like there may be a point where you need to, it's a, it's a win-win, people get more, Opportunity and you get to scratch your itches. Yeah. What's going on? Um, I guess really my biggest struggle right now is like, I guess if I want to compare it in a comparative spot to you, it's figuring where the gap is to go off of stacking and go on the offensive when it's not a monetary number and the monetary side is easy. So if you're still stacking for an offensive that's not here, like I'm, I'm in a similar mindset to you where like I don't want destruction, but I do. Like I didn't like to wake up and see that they made a, tr- you know, a tr- a start the progressive progress in China with tariffs and everything. I don't like that. I'm looking for the reverse. But it's because I've been in that zone. And it's in a spot where everything I want to build currently or have got off track on an entrepreneur venue, entrepreneur real venue, or venture is that I go into stuff that I can do and it's about collecting the W flag. Yep. The W flag I want. Yes. But what's the, but when time, when there's only one of you and there's the time set, it's the money and the ability to stack darts and bullets come really easy but take away the time to be creative. And when you get into hiring your weakness, my weakness is hiring. Well, good news. I think that if your weakness is hiring, it only means that you're just a compassionate, good guy because you haven't figured out that it's about firing. And you've heard this from 100%. me. Like my friend, my friends, I mean, my, my people who worked for me in the past have been friends and it's terrible because I asked them to do things. I, I fig- I'll tell you how I figured it out somewhat. Big exit packages. As far as what? I hate firing too because I feel bad and I don't care about money. So that put me in a shitty spot. Because I can make it. Just like, if you can make money, you never value the thing that comes to you. No. So somewhere along the line, based on how big my ambitions are, and I've, I'm running pretty big companies, I just realized, oh, okay, like, I'm just better off firing somebody three months in and giving them four months severance than just sitting I'm it in my head. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like, even the person, the person who's worked for you for six years, I mean, he's come and gone multiple times <laughs> for 20 years. Yeah. But if there's an opportunity where he can make more money than the job I'm providing, yeah. I tell him to quit. Yeah, but that's, like, that's, crazy. that's my dream, but that doesn't work either, right? Like, like, you know, it's it, simple, like, hey, what do you think about next Thursday? Like, I know we got a day, but like, this company wants to pay me 2,000 bucks to come do a shoot for photography, which is his pay. Got I'll, it. I'll sit here and say, yeah, like, got it. Worry about it, but then I'll put the load back on myself without, Hiring the person that can 
actually take care of that? It all depends on what, it depends on your ego and control and insecurities and, and how you feel about the people you hire. To me, hiring, yeah, but it's structured when you haven't learned it. It's the same way that like high school is bullshit because yep. they don't teach you how to write a check. With yep. They don't teach you how to balance yep. checkbook. Same thing. Or yep. Bullshit classes. Yep. There. It's the flip. Like it's. I get it. I get it. Reading from a book that was written three years ago on how to do something in the era I work in. It's a worthless book. I look. I th- if you're looking to hire a COO or an operator or a b- the black and white person, I think you just hire and fire in perpetuity. I would also. You say hire like the pool's an easy spot to find. Like the, the process is the hard part. Well, the, the, the you, recruitment process, I think, is where a lot of it comes out. Not if you overpay. Huh? Not if you overpay. I mean, it, finding somebody who can operate anything is stunningly easy. I don't know what mental roadblock is in your head right now that makes you think you can't find them or the pool's hard. It's easy because you go and watch, some, you go take it from somewhere where they've already are doing it. But there's certain things you can't, I mean, there's certain things instinctively you can't turn key the same way. Like, I can't, there's certain parts of my business that I can't let go, which is what you don't, I have to you, do. You don't give that to that person. Sure, but that's the core of the stacking to go on the offensive. So then you eat shit and you stack. Threshold, where's this? I mean, I get it. I guess it's, it's being stuck in the payoff spot. Like, you know, I mean, like, you know, you. you I've given, I, I, I'll give you an example. I know exactly what you're saying. I've given up a ton of money over the last 36 months at VaynerMedia to create the operational infrastructure. We, I gave up new business. We haven't sold anything for two years. Sure. 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 I'm, I'm with you that I'm at the spot right now where like, I do look at it as darts. Like everything, everything but, right now, like, but real quick, just to use, but it's what helped me get to be able to work with now in a way that's about to be so transformative. We've been at for six years doing a Bucks, bucks. Like, you know, in two, if this year goes the way I think it's going to, I don't even want to dream, of, you know, outside of their own macro, will the company sell and activist investors and what are they up to, which is what sucks about client services compared to starting a business that you control like retail or things of that nature. But yeah, I mean, look, I think I totally understand that. I understand exactly what you're saying. Here's the problem. Continuing to stack and the world doesn't collapse for another 34 months, you'd be like, fuck, I should have hired the operational thing. Sure, but I mean, but, but what if you, what if the, the play's not totally there? Like, that's my thing. Like, spaces are opening. Like, we're in a similar spot. Like, the weed space is opening. It's a good space between influencing music, rappers, and I agree. This, everything I've done in the past, they open themselves. But at this point, so if you want, the only satisf- satisfying thing outside of like fun, it, 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 let's call it, I mean, like a, 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 a W flag in the smallest thing, like going and crushing, logical. You're not doing the garage sale thing for money. Yeah, of course. I really enjoy the act of that. Like yeah. the same thing. Like, do I want to go, you know, find lemonade stands and like teach yep. these kids how to like really turn a good day? <laughs> yep. yep. Is it be fun? Yes, absolutely. But the point is, like, where's the long-term value if you don't have that play? Like, it was always to stack to put everybody in a position, but then I put everybody else in a position, and I don't want to do it to myself. Like, I think that's the flip. Like, I still live in the same house I had before all this because if I move to that next house, I'm changing my position. Like, I got it's it. The underdog position. I get it. But it, 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 it's, it's finding that spot to attack when you've really been playing pessimism. I, I, I think that makes a ton, of, a ton of sense to me. Here's what I can tell you. You will be a disproportionately resentful person if you overvalue the next at bat. So I'm talking about this crash a lot, which is what you're referring to. It's funny how much I've been thinking about the next one. <laughs> So like, I've been like laughing because I'm like, fuck, what if tomorrow everything does melt? What if tomorrow is Bear Stearns? Like, 
Am I exactly as ready as I've been talking? Yes, no. Like, I just, you're young. I just wouldn't, like, if you put everything on, I've eaten shit for 15 years and now I've gotta take advantage of this next downturn. For me, it's like, sure, but there'll be two downturns in 20 years and how old are you right now? 36. Yeah, I'm like, dude, or you do it at 56. Like, I think you need to take some of the pressure off of nailing it perfectly on this one because I'm definitely doing that with myself. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's not about second money. I mean, the win on this one could be anything irrelevant, but it, 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 for what it is, it's conversation like I said we do. Look, every time. You're playing for the Jets. Jets win the Super Bowl, you're not playing for the Jets. 100%. Reworking what that plan is. Yeah, and that's, honestly, that's easy because like if you, meaning, you have to, it's about self-awareness of what makes you happy, right? Like, like you just have, like it's easy to find games to win. Sure. You just make, you just change your mind on what that game is. Yeah. Like if the Jets win back-to-back Super Bowls in three years, it'll be the Knicks and then if KD signs here and the Knicks win a championship, then I'll be like, you know what? I'm gonna start a K, I'm gonna build the greatest K through 12 business schools in America. 30 of them. So like, yeah, that's on you. That's, yeah, yeah, it's a shift. But I mean, it's also just, you know, playing the type of use. We have, we have, more, we have more time tonight. I want to get to everybody, so I'm going to do that. Hi. Hey. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like it's both commercial yep. estate, but grew up in the restaurant business, right? Okay. Uh, 13, my dad, Sicilian guy. What's bringing you in value at all? Excuse me, I apologize. Yeah, so totally easy to explain, right? So being in Vegas, we're a very inbound market, right? Yep. So, Majority of companies are not headquartered in Vegas. That's right. So I want to work on the transactions. I either got to be at CB, JLL, or because they're feeding it. They're feeding it, right? So when I moved over, that's to- it. Yeah, period. That's it. So when I moved over, to- I was working two jobs. I was working at my dad's place and then working in. Yep. I started Colliers for five yep. years and realized that wasn't yep. the right firm. Yep. They weren't bringing it yep. to the market. So for five years, I haven't focused on Vegas at all. I focused on out-of-state brokers. Right, so we marked everybody in New York, Got it. Chicago, LA, San Francisco, et cetera. It's been really successful. Seen about 300% year over year growth until this year. Pretty flat with last year. So now I'm like, oh shit. Um, why do you think that happened? Um, well, I think why it's happened is because we don't go after a lot of our own clients where we've been more focusing on going after the brokers that control the clients. Right, you don't have the leverage. Right. So. I've had some aha moments growing up in the restaurant. For me, it's all about service, right? So when I was a waiter, I was averaging 25% tips. Pretty good, and it's based off service. And so I've always implemented customer service to little details into my business. We did a deal in Vegas with a big national law firm and a very sophisticated client, if you will. And she said, I'm doing a deal in LA, Dallas, New York, and Vegas. You need to teach all these other guys how to service the client. Aha moment. We just got back from Irvine with a client for 3,000 feet. He literally emailed the global president of the company talking about the service we're delivering. So we want to be able to bring that service to anybody and everybody. Okay. What I love about what we do on the tenant rep side is my business is fiduciary set up to only provide value to the client. I tell people I make less money the better I do my job. That's right. Which I love because I got it. Now I can help you hire that new employee you didn't have dollars for, get you those three extra months of free rent. And that if, it, it, if you prove it, it's leverage. Totally. It's what my agency's doing in the marketing world. Yeah. So for us, we are considered to be in that higher tier of people actively involved on social media okay. from a commercial real estate standpoint, but we're doing it with no playbook, if you will. So my goal here today is to learn the recipe, right? To learning how to cook the meal versus just reading the recipe. I understand. Um, and with that, our, our end game is to be able to get 
our message out to a point where I'm doing zero transactionary work. We're starting to build the team. So we're hiring a COO for the team, or we're hiring a transactionary broker. So we're client interface, but once a deal gets to a point of having to negotiate it, go through the process, read the leases, that's off my plate. And we want to grow the brand to where we're not Vegas at all. We just want people to know us as the commercial real estate team. If you need help in any market and don't know who to call, you call us. We'll be your single point of contact. We'll be the client interface. We'll make sure the service delivery is there while using the local market expert to get you the best deal possible. I mean, that's why we're here, right? And so for me, it's really just trying to understand the method to the madness. Um, my partner and I have very similar strengths and very similar weaknesses. Um, so we're, we're trying to figure it out, right? So real quick, I just want to get some clarification. You, what's that? No, I get that, but that would mean starting your own company to sit on top of. To an extent, right? You'd have to. I, I have to, right? And so You'd have to. Unfortunately, and the thing with like, I was on a panel at our you know, national conference in Miami a couple months ago, and I'm talking in the room about high-performance teams. I'm like, guys, we're just starting to be a high-performance team, and how we got here was through branding and marketing. Let me tell all of you that work for they're not spending a dollar on any of you, right, in branding. And our CMO was in the room and she sat me down and gave me this whole spiel. I'm like, but it's the truth. And the more we brand ourselves, the more that brings the company value, right, from a social standpoint. Yeah, but they don't want that because then you'll have leverage. Right. So the, the question is... ES, ESPN controls how much airtime sportscasters have. Yeah. You don't have the leverage. Right. The only leverage you have is controlling your expenses to let you leave to start up your business. Yeah, which is kind of where my head's at, right? So what I would do is I would build your personal brand with content at scale, all the same shit you said on that panel, on LinkedIn in perpetuity while LinkedIn's unbelievably organically strong. Keep building, keep building, so that you wake up one morning and after 47 emails came in that night, like I want you to work for me, how do you work? Like You just have that moment where the practical, not, not the emotional, the practical data is staring you in the face and you've been saving along the way, yeah. same house, yeah. same house, standing along the way and like, I, I live it. I have could have upgraded my New York City apartment for the last five years in a row. I haven't, because I live it. Yeah. I believe in it. That's, and I'm happy. I think for you know the thought of somebody controlling me the way that they control you is not happy. It's not, right? And we've, until this year, we weren't a corporate shop. We've always been under the flag. And so previous ownership, like I'd always bring my issues like, guys, this isn't how we do it. This is bullshit. And they were just always setting up for sale. And they were like, we've heard you. Great. Yeah, that's cute. Right. Now part of the big corporate flag, even harder to get what we're trying to achieve. You'll never achieve it. Right. Nor should you, it's not the game they're playing. They don't care. And they can't help it. I have empathy for that global CEO. He's like, that's fine, but I can't take the financial hit to invest for 24 months to change this organization's DNA because if I'm down 13% year over year, I'm gonna get fired by the board. Well, especially if they just went public, so it makes it even tougher. Yeah. You have to build your brand at scale. I would recommend LinkedIn content at scale. Yeah, we do. At, like, a lot. Yeah. You're basically, every, every second that you're not putting into building your brand's content to give you leverage to be able to leap and saving money on whatever money you're making and not spending money at home, you'll be stuck. You're in golden handcuffs. Yeah. 
you'll be stuck forever. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like one of the things I'm trying to do is now get people to downgrade for happiness. Yeah. Like in, in real life scenarios where I know more details, I'm like trying to convince friends to sell their home. I'm like, you can leave tomorrow. I run my house because of yeah. it, right? Like, there you go. I'd rather sit on the, the money in the bank. You need to find yourself a year's worth of runway yeah. and go. That's it. Because cool. you can always get a job again. Sure. Like, like fuck it. So you sucked and you weren't as good as you thought. Yeah. And in month 10, you're like, fuck, I blow and I'm going to BC, you know. Yeah, that's the easy play, right? Now, the economy can collapse during that timing and then all of it gets tougher, but. But that's how I, I started. That's just business. I started in the recession, right? So for me, recessions don't scare me. I agree. I mean, I think one of the things that always scare me about like DTC products that are so obvious right now is like, you know, what happens? You know, especially premium stuff. Like, what happens? It's just something you have to go through. Yep. That's why being over leveraged, your first at bat is always scary to me. It's where a lot of people get burned. Because you've never knew what it's like when you get 337 orders on Amazon every day and then it's seven. I had to refund $800,000 worth of wine in one hour after Bear Stearns collapsed. I never saw that. You're I was talking like, about that a lot. Are you foreseeing something? It's honestly, I, like I'm, I've been talking about it for two fucking years. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I haven't been super right. Like, like right? Like, I mean, I guess I'm kind of right because Amazon and Facebook and Netflix are down a lot in stock over the last six months. Like, it feels right, but like, it's, it's honestly, the reason I'm talking about it is because the delusion in the other direction is accelerating even faster. Yeah. It's not that I think it's gonna happen tomorrow, it's just like, Kids are like, kids are committing suicide because they over leveraged their credit cards to buy Bitcoin because it was going to go to 100,000 a coin. Right. Like, there needs to be a practical voice in the ecosystem <laughs> that is at least charismatic enough to maybe penetrate all these knuckleheads. I feel a sense of responsibility to not even kidding. There's not a lot of characters with sizzle like me that can get through a 23 year old alpha guy and be like, wait a minute, maybe I should save my money because everything else is like, you know, girls and champagne and Lamborghinis. Yeah. They're completely being sold to over-exaggerate, which means over-leverage, which means bad stuff. Especially, the big fear I have right now is that we've never had this much public losses. The last time the economy collapsed, there wasn't a generation of people with audiences telling them that they were the best businessmen of all time and then had to take a loss. This one's gonna hurt, yeah. emotionally. And I don't think a lot of kids were built to take that kind of L. So I'm worried. Especially I, the egos blow up so fast. And it's gonna be it's ugly. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Like what do you do? You, you're Rolexing and flexing and now like you have to go work at a company and you don't want to. Like people are, not, people are gonna lose and then not wanna get a job to start the five year process to get back because they don't wanna look bad on social media. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna triple down on bad behavior. Shit's gonna get ugly. So that's why, really. That's what you need to do, bro. Yeah. The internet will squeeze everybody. Yeah. So. The internet is the middleman. Everybody's industry will just, it's just a moment in time. Like either you're, the bookstores and the limo drivers are caught now, rocket mortgage, leopard, all this, giraffe. The internet will take everything. So just kind of more want to get a take on where that space going um, with voice related to that. And I don't think voice is your biggest issue, right? Like, yes, 
Do I think in nine years it's possible that I say, hey Alexa, you know, get me the best mortgage rate? Yes, I think Amazon will own that, or Google, or whoever pays them a fuckload to be the result. If you're in the middle, you, you are vulnerable in a 20 year window. That's my official point. The problem is, if that's 17 years from now, when it gets real bad, where it really hurts, well, how are you gonna play that? Or is that four years from now? That has to do with other entrepreneurs. Bookstores didn't have to be first. That was Jeff Bezos' doing, right? Limos didn't have to be next. That was Travis's doing. It, personal brands are super not pumped with me. If you sell $400 eBooks right now, I'm a problem. <laughs> right? Like, you know, there you go. So, right, that's just like, that's what's happening. And it's playing out in front of everybody's eyes. Because I'm also, it's not just that I'm getting the market, I'm inspiring the next people for a different model, da 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 da. So I think you're, I think it's in trouble, but I think that leads to opportunity, right? But I think being eyes wide open, I don't think we're buying mortgages through Alexa in the next five years, but in eight, maybe. And you know what, I think that's something to think about. I will, because I don't value anything else. It's just data. You know, certain things will still, and listen, there's always a market for high touch. I think you go super premium or super discount and everything in the middle is garbage. And that's our, our super premium route of being the need and need. It's understanding money, how your money works for you. Not just the mortgage consultant side, it's the whole package of where to put your money best and how to make it work best, so. Yeah, and so more, more. To me it's like the internet's one and the guy and the gal that's willing to go to the person's house, pick them up out of bed, sit them down, make them a fresh juice drink and then go through all their finances. Got it? That's who's gonna win. That's the only people that are gonna be around in a 50 year window. Right, it's, it's kinda like every industry, if you look at it, plays that out. I think the internet's gonna make it more extreme. I'd much rather own an 80, $18 bar direct to consumer than a $3 bar. Harder, but like in my thesis, plays out better if you're able to pull it off. I'd rather get like the tears of a seal you know, ingredient, you know? That's how I think about it. That's why I did the wine that I just did, right? It's, you know, if you look at direct to consumer, if you look at what people are drinking, like, you know, it's a 20, it's a $40 rose for 20 bucks. Like, that's a premium rose. Um, so, that's what I would think about. So, uh, 30 seconds of boring background to get to the question. Um, we're the ones doing the, the cooler stuff, and that's under this this broader umbrella of beam distributing. So, in a lot of cases, for the cooler business, which has done pretty darn well for us, we are sort of, if I were to uh, make it overly simple, like a partner to on you know bringing products to market and getting them out, but also sells them. But we are technically a separate entity. So. I guess where my question goes, and this is one that we, we pontificated over a couple of belts at, at the hotel bar, is does it make sense to start growing something that is completely agnostic to another brand that at the end of the day has 
say and control over what we of do. Of course. This is all about leverage. The end. It just, it just is. It just is. Whoever has the leverage will milk the provider for when they need them and as soon as they don't, they won't. Now you may say, well we make it better or we do this better until you don't. Like there could be a day when that happens. Other entrepreneurs or your own ambitions or needs. Being at the mercy of anything is a bad business, eventually. Yeah. It just is. But, but, but building a brand is not as easy as it sounds, right? That's why people are willing to be at the mercy of Adidas and Nike and, and all, you know. You know. Uh, a little bit extra nuance on that. We've, we've gotten pretty good at, at the, the marketing machine of you know, make more dollars than what we Is the first part that you said, I apologize, is the first part a B2B business? We're split into into thirds. So the overall company's uh, is a third uh, direct to consumer, the third B2B, the third B2B. Mm -hmm. So it's two thirds B2B in theory. Yeah, I mean, government contracts with such such a unique beast. Yeah. Respect. But a third of your business is consumer. Correct. And that business is a website that sells all coolers. Just, right. That's shit. You're gonna have to do something about that. Meaning, it's shit at the most macro. It might be phenomenal, it's great, it's a good brand, you're better at marketing than they are, so you have some leverage right now, but you're not because they make one higher and you're not. You can't be, your leverage can't be you're better at CAC and LTV than they are. What's CAC? Cost of customer. Customer acquisition cost. Like if you're better at selling coolers than they are on their separate website because you're better at CAC than they are, that's a bad, bad, bad place to be in. Because they can just hire VaynerMedia and I'll beat you next year. And And then you have no leverage or the same leverage you had and so then they can start dicking you around whatever that, I don't know enough details yet, like exclusive contracts, how they compensate you, da 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 da. They will 100% eventually only sell it themselves. You're doing the dirty work for them to build up the leverage. And so, um, they have to. They've already started. Go figure. How do you feel about, um, since we know that space you know, much better than, than jumping into something at random, Doing something similar versus versus picking a you know a market that we think makes sense or just similar. If you're willing to, well, can you right? Sure. In a dream world, we're making rhinoceros and going whatever it's said. I would literally Google what animal kills the most <laughs> and start that brand. Like literally, literally, that's what I would do. Literally, literally, I would create. You know, I literally would create like shark, like, you know, like whatever, you know. I like that. You know, I would start that. Now the question becomes, can you? Based on the deal you have with them, even if it wasn't a contract, as soon as you show that look, what does that mean? How much revenue is that driving for you? Are you willing to go to, everything to me is zero. The fact that I'm so crazy that I'm willing to walk outside right now, leave this whole thing and start at zero again, like I did this thing, is why, all my partners 
treat me the way that I do because they know it to be true. That's the best. Leverage, right? So do you have the leverage? Like, to me, what's cool is you have two-thirds of other business. So to me, it's like, if you know the inevitable, like, like to me, it's like going the offense versus the defense. The best case is the advice I gave him, which is can you establish walrus, you know, coolers now and not create conflict with Can you be cute for two years? So, yeah. yeah, we'll jump, we'll, ju- yeah, we'll get to everybody. And that, and that has a lot to do with the question that I was gonna have is, is like we accept the inevitable that it will eventually all be direct from them. Whether that's a five or ten year window, like, you know. But the transition from now until then, my question is aside from just sheer volume, how can we increase the leverage we have over them? Starting a separate brand. So, the leverage, you are so wrong about that, brother. The leverage is not going to be your leverage. The volume is not going to be your leverage. No, 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 no. It's just so, not. What I'm, what I'm, it's what not I'm, a leverage. It's actually will speed up the process of them leaving. Look, oh, because they, they see it. Their leverage shrinking. It's not even that, guys. It's, you know, when you own the brand and use a third party vendor, it's just any trip. Like, I don't know enough, right? But, like, if we were like over a five hour dinner, if I was your cousin, I'd be like, bro, what if they get funding? What if they do a cash infusion? What if somebody buys the company who's a DR? Like, there is no five to 10 years. It could be tomorrow. Outside of me not knowing the contract. Sure, sure. And and you're right. It could be. It could be tomorrow. So, I guess the impetus of the question is, um, how do we how do we ease that transition for ourselves by starting the process of building the brand? It, you, you'll notice, and I think this is kind of like so much of my success. I'm just even when I don't like what's going through my own head for myself, it's always binary. The answer is super binary. You know what what happens is you get golden handcuffs and you start trying to justify to yourself why it's not going to happen. You're spending all your time in the shower, in, in your bed, when, you know, brushing your teeth, uh, walking down the street, justifying why it's gonna be four years, not one year. Because you like what you're getting. I hate that. That to me is anxiety. I'd rather like, I almost, you know, like I'd rather cut bait and bounce you know, than to have, the, have something like that sit over my head. Thus, since I don't think you should cut bait and just cancel and shut down the company, you should create walrus. And if walrus, starts doing anything of any kind that gets them bothered and they're like, you better stop walrus or whatever, you're like, you gotta go. Like, you gotta basically cut it off and then kind of hope that it takes longer for them. That is the only anecdote to create leverage in a third party seller environment. It's 100%. It, and, it's, and it a lot of people lose in this scenario, a lot. Because they're not willing to cut yeah, because they're doing what you're doing, which I have empathy for. I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong as a human. It's a hundred percent right wrong as a business. You don't have the leverage, and the world is the other thing you have to layer is the macro world. The world is going more DTC. You know, how pumped these guys are that they're not them. They're, she's worried about Walmart and and Costco. They have all the lever all the leverage. These guys are like oh Shopify, Amazon, this fun. No nothing. Their problem is that, like these two fucking characters, every single person's gonna get a fucking bar and go direct to consumer. So it's a huge opportunity, but everybody's in it. When, when she was selling, like being in the 
business in America in 1999 or 2006 was impossible. You needed a trillion dollars just to make it, just to get into fucking, you know how much money costs to get into Costco or Walmart or now it's game over, man. It's all going. The internet will eat everything, including the media, including retail, all of it. Um, so yeah, my, uh, my bars are $6 bars, so I play a little bit in the higher price space. Uh, 100% direct to consumer, act, like actively turning down retailers. Um, the, the insight I'm hoping to glean is um, about half of our revenues from Shopify, half is from sales funnels, click funnels. Uh, having seen you speak at click funnels, know some of those guys, they're really preaching that click funnels are like the new website. I want to get your insights as far as it's, I want to make sure I yeah I want to make sure I understand the full clarity of ClickFunnels because obviously I've spoken there I understand the theme but I want to understand break down the whole click because it sounds like somebody else is gonna have leverage. So just um, I don't think someone else has leverage. Go ahead. Using a sales funnel instead of a website. So how they would describe mm. it is a website is a Got static versus using a, a driven yeah. sales funnel. Yeah, I, I would say both. Because what a website can, what ClickFunnels do at their best mm-hmm. is give you great sales but fuck your brand because mm-hmm. it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. Even if you make it good. Right. What a website does is it can look great. So like your website can have that anchor video that's your Dollar Shave Club video and you can get the brand across. Okay. Right? I kind of look at ClickFunnels theoretically as like things like outlet stores or shipping it to other countries. It's like a way to move inventory, but you don't necessarily want your brand directly associated with it, especially when you're selling a $6 fucking product. If it doesn't look, it feel the part as much of like a $6 product. There's, there's a reason that Cartier's website looks the way it does. Everybody in that world, in the Idaho offsite keynote, like they all care about sales. There's a very specific reason I am who I am. I'm brand. The end. There's a lot of people that sell $49 million worth of t-shirts in sales, but they're not polo, right? right? Sorry, it's landing page optimization at scale. It's like theoretical psychological arbitrage. Like if you look at, he's, he's got multiple sites yeah. that when you land just does a better job of getting you to buy the fucking product. It's got really dirty DNA from like early internet marketing like shit, <laughs> you know? But, but, but to the credit, like it's evolving to like being more clean, thus, you know, it's trying to find out. It's kind of me, like listen, at some level, I'm, I'm really good at sales and branding and that's why having tension between both is why I'm able to be successful. Um, I do think that you are giving up brand because look, first impressions matter. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, are you gonna marry the person that you like hook up with at 3.30 in the morning in a Vegas club? Maybe, but like it's a different context of meeting that person than if you met at a coffee shop. It's just different. They're both ROI positive. There's all, you know, there's only things. Like, but like, but I do think it matters. I do think it matters. And I think that's how I think about brand. Okay. Right? I can, this is why I wanted the question is, following that community, I can feel I can definitely get sucked in, where a lot of them would say... I know what they would say. You're throwing money away in the long term, okay. is how I look at it. Okay. Which is why most of those people become cryptocurrency experts six years later. Mm-hmm. Got it? They're always chasing fast bucks. Okay. Finding the balance though, because, because that's my, my DNA understands that, and then just, uh, obviously, what's the open timing? Yeah. 
What's up with timing? I got 20 or, yeah? And then I can push a little bit, a little bit, yeah, okay. Um, It's the reverse in brand land. They're so in outer space on brand. There's no level of practical, not to pick a macro, macro, right? Like they're so like, let's do a TV commercial and buy a billboard and just brand and not practical. So they're too far there. The world that you're talking about is too far there and that's why I think my spot has been so good for me. But I will always lean closer to her than that world. Like I will never sacrifice brand. You would, ugh. I, I turned down an $8 million check to go to China for 30 minutes and film a video, but I knew it was for a network marketing product that was full of shit and I wasn't willing to give up my brand in China for it. It's hard to pass up on an $8 million paycheck for 30 minutes, you know? It takes discipline. This was like four years ago too when it was like less obvious that China was as easy to, like more, it was less of, I was less in a global mindset. I was like, oh, it's Ch-, you know, George Clooney does that shit, right? They, you know, Brad Pitt, they love going to like Japan and do a commercial, but you don't see it here. I'm like, that's smart, you know? You know, like, you know, it depends on what you're, tr- now, again, this is what I kind of started with like when I jumped in inappropriately on Antonia because I got excited about the question. You know, if you think a private equity firm's on the verge of buying you and you're like, hmm, and take a blast of like 10 more million in profit. You always have to contextualize these answers. But yes, that's the answer. My question is, I'm in a little bit of a different spot than a lot of other people. We're uh, closing final sale of a startup. Yep, Um, number two, you said. second startup, and uh, gonna probably go a different route this time, uh, and looking at more just consulting, helping people, kind of uh, build tech companies. Uh, you read a lot of books, Radical Candor, things like that. It doesn't really apply with like, well, at Google they do it this way, but it doesn't really work. Yeah, it's not real. Uh, uh, and so, trying to move into that space, and so I've been really uh, writing a lot of books, and uh, I guess my question is, um, do you see any uh, downside to, to self-publish versus going, uh, trying to find a publisher? Yeah, I think self-publishing has less brand equity. I'd, I'd rather give up the economics, which I do. You know, I always say, watch what I do, not what I say. Right. I don't self-publish. I have all the leverage. HarperCollins sells zero books when I sell them. It's all me. Why am I willing to give up 50 cents on a dollar? Because the brand association with self-publishing is not as good as with publishing. It's gotten way better a decade later than it was, to, you know, 20, 15 years ago, I know we're making some eye contact with this, you're like, 15 years ago, it was for the scum of the scum. It's way better, it's way better, way better. Listening to your narrative, back to contextual, if you're trying to make that leap to have brand equity to leverage, I think it would help you to make, get a bullshit $10,000 advance from Simon & Schuster to have that versus self-publishing, in my opinion. It's, hot takes matter. You know, and a hot take on you, like quick read on you first time I hear of you because you wrote a good medium piece and your book is Simon & Schuster versus self-publishing, it will matter, I think, for what your actual goal is, which is to leverage that to do some consulting, get some equity, right? I mean, look, this is, there's a funny thing to say. It's every piece of my behavior is based on that advice. I'm basically trying to be the best person ever to every entrepreneur just in case I fall short eventually in 23 years for the Jets and I can rally 50,000 people to give me $150,000 each. Like, I'm not even kidding. It's harder to be real. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like when I kickstart the entire Jets process, people would be like, "How the fuck did that happen?" It was going to be 31 years of work where I brought more value than I took. Otherwise, I'd be taking like a motherfucker. Be making 50 million dollars a year, just being Gary B, being on an island, mastermind, fucking 400 thousand dollars ahead. You know, all those fuckers make fun of me. They make fun of me behind their back all the time. That's what they tell the kids. He's stupid, he doesn't make as much money as he should because they're playing short, I'm playing long. A sprinter thinks a marathon runner's stupid. They lost the race. <laughs> right? Life is long. Life is fucking long. That's where everybody got confused. Especially with the way we're, you know? Life is long. That's why I want people to cut their costs down because if you can make it through the recession that's coming, whenever it comes, three years from now, tomorrow, you'll be in a really nice spot. But do you love what you sell? Do you love what you do? Because that's the only way you can get through those years. Because if you're in it for the money, right? If you're, if, you know, I don't know you guys, but if it's like, oh shit, there's this Expo West and I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna M&A and buy it in three years and I'm just gonna arbitrage the internet and flip it and be like fucking Dollar Shave Club. Well, then that's not the game you're playing in my life. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You just have to know what game you're playing and you can't be full of shit to yourself, right? Back to the cooler thing, right? Can't be full, the only vulnerability in business is when you're bullshitting yourself out of what you hope is gonna happen versus what's actually happening. And that's why I've been good because I'm pivoting all the time. I've got hopes and dreams of how it play out too. Every day, but I don't navigate in anything but the reality. So yeah, I think, I think to be very frank, I don't think a book carries that much weight altogether. I'd much rather you start a podcast that you're doing weekly and writing on LinkedIn and putting out white papers and just fucking going. You know? I like the book though. I'd like it. I just want, I, I want to make sure that you don't overvalue it because it doesn't carry anywhere close to the weight it used to. Right, I just want to, along those lines, yeah. I'm to No, no, you're fine. Or, um, if we say we go the LinkedIn route, more or less then convert those into chapters, is, is that a concept? Or? I'm not against that. Here, let's go very macro. Put out as much of your best advice as possible for as low cost as possible and a lot of good things will happen. It just will. Because you're competing against a lot of content. So you want to create the least amount of friction. That's why I make my content in all forms. You like listening while you run? I'm here for you. You like reading? Good. You like watching videos? Surely got that covered. You want micro videos? Yep. Got it. Look at the lack of friction I create. I've got every format of consumption and I've got every distribution channel. While everybody else is getting sucked into just being on Instagram. Instagram's gonna be my space one day, it happens to everybody. Yeah. So, got it? And then, and then I talk a lot about self-awareness. Are you a better writer? Are you good on video? Are you weird on video but you're good on audio? Figure out how you communicate to the world and do that. There's, you know, I always worry that people try to be like me. You know, like, you need to be, you need, the only way people should be like me is they should be self-aware. And, you know. Um, so I guess to start, so I'm in the transition period, sold uh, most of my retail stores now, I have one left. Um, so I'm really focused in on building my nutrition lines now. 
Um, we're currently doing like 80% wholesale and subscription box, um, and then 20% is direct to consumer through Shopify and Amazon. I'm trying to make that shift and really make it a direct to consumer brand. Um, and I'm actually kind of have a little bit of hangover from retail, so now it's like finally like I'm ready to build, you know, this organization around it, and kind of looking for the the next steps on who to bring on. I've outsourced everything up to this point. I'm a one man show. Um, math and art. Yeah. You're only in the math and art business. Okay. So just the cadence of how you want to figure out your math and art. Okay. I'd like to have one of each to start though. Yeah. Okay. That's all this is. Yeah. This whole fucking thing is one big game of math and art equally respecting itself. Okay. And then the, the, the plan is to kind of develop into the nutrition business is pretty shady. There's a lot of yes. shady characters in it. Yeah. So my idea, and to help build my personal brand too, is to create a wine extension um, that's essentially like to take from the wine business, single vineyard um, mm -hmm. kind of supplement. So basically from farm to bottle yep. um, and track that process, shed full light on it. Um, Super yeah. smart. So what I, what I did with the wine project, we literally filmed everything. I have a year and a half from the first meeting we decided to do it to yeah. like being at the farm, being like all that shit. Okay. That will work. Okay. Transparency will work. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's what the industry needs. A hundred thousand percent. It's crazy. Like it, it scares me how crazy it is. Oh, I mean, yeah. I hate the industry. Yeah. I'm scared shitless of it. Yeah. The amount of people private labeling shit, they have no idea what the fuck's in it and pushing it and like, who the fuck knows what's gonna happen with people. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I wanna. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. Same reason, I mean, I hate, Motivational speakers and personal brands, which is why I do it. Yep. It's how I can, it's the biggest, the biggest, it's, I hate agencies. I, you, you can't imagine what I feel about like the partners of big companies. Like the people that think they're the establishment and I'm the snake oil salesman because I mean they're ripping people off. So I get it. Actions, just like the last question. Actions always win. Okay. And then, uh, uh, Stepping from nutrition, mm -hmm. powders and pills, yep. into doing more beverage. Mm -hmm. Any advice on how to like, create almost separate brand identity, keep it all together? I think both can work. I think it's how healthy is the first brand identity, right? Yep. Yeah. And so if you're looking to do it sooner and that one's not established the way you want, then I'd go separate. Okay. Okay. A lot of brands have started other things that haven't worked. They cut bait and doesn't affect the mothership. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna let him take. You got it. Yeah, go for it. All right, I'll go first. So, like, um, it's really interesting. Like, I'm getting a massive amount of perspective, like, as I go on, because I'm, I'm a bootstrap on, uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. In my kitchen, slowly growing. And it's been a fun process, but it's, like, funny that the further I get in, the more I realize, like, I don't know. Like, I don't have experience doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, that's been cool because it's been a slow, steady, long road. Like, figure it out as we go, make tons of mistakes, yep. get a lot better. So, that's been all, that's been really good. I'm like pumped with our success and as you probably know like when I got in the keto game like no, no one was in the keto game like I was the only I wasn't the only bar I was the only product why'd you get into it so early because I lost 70 pounds right wow. after college by going on it wow um so and how'd you stumble on it the internet yeah 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 reddit yeah so like <laughs> I started it by take like literally on the keto subreddit like that's that's where I started understood um those are my people so the crazy thing is, like, this journey's been all fun and games, and like, again, <laughs> way beyond what I ever expected. Then 2018 comes, and now like everyone knows what keto is. Like, yep. it's blowing 
up. And it's weird because it's taken us years to figure out how to make like a really shelf stable bar, right? Like, right. Whereas like when you show up with $10 million to a contract manufacturer, like you get that shelf stable bar on day one. Makes sense. Like, that's not where we came from. That's right. So the weird thing for me is like, now is like this incredible blowing up opportunity. And we are getting a lot of the benefits of that. But there's a million other people coming in the game. Now, our product's better. We have, we're, we have OG status. We have like the name. We have like a lot of things that are going, going for us. But like we're still I get feeling it. the heat. We're feeling that of course. pressure. And I guess what my, my question is or my feeling is my like we'll just figure it out as we go and get better along the way status is like It's getting away. suffocated. It's getting suffocated. Our FOMO is like, like whoa. Like all these influencers that we had, we had like relationships with that were OGs, well now there's 10,000 new ones because they all just found the diet in this past year. So as someone that's realizing that I don't know everything and that like I also want to take advantage of the opportunity that's available. It all de- it all depends on how you're thinking about it. So I want to do the best I can. That's the, that's like my my drill. my personal point of view. Then one man's point of view is you stay in perpetuity. Then what do you mean by that? You go through the beating you're about to take. Yeah. And you come out the other side. Okay. Because that's like the cliche thing that 98 percent of the people like you do, which is higher the president that used to work at Kellogg's to like run the business, but she or he is used more to than being a small brand, they lose every time. Yeah. And I mean every time. So that's, the, and that's kind of the game where- And everyone's spooking, yeah of course, I'm everyone's spooking you. Power and, and to like give, like just go pick up some dude. So like a good example is like, we literally have been talking to a guy that used to work with And like, all right, so now we worked out a retainer, like he's gonna help us out. And like even that, I'm like, man, I don't like. I gotta take this guy's word for some stuff because like he's been in the industry longer. And you're than me. and like, you're gonna and and, you, and you're gonna lose nine out of ten of those times. Yeah. So what do you, you just don't put? You just don't. Well, I mean, look, getting like get, take as much help as you can get, but don't make yourself vulnerable. You, like, yes. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, there's been one long two hours of keep the leverage. Leverage is everything. Yes, I love you being on a retainer versus like people give up pieces of their company. Yeah, which, so, yeah. so, and by the way, maybe you will after he crushes it for six months and you love him. Sure. Uh, yeah, but look, even that, that was a smarter decision than nine out of 10 people make. Look, I always believe that people that go with their natural instincts are better, you know? Do you know how many people told you to give 10%, 15% of your company up to somebody who, like, it's the advice you get from people all the time. People that have never been through it. This is why I have no time for MBAs and professors. I just don't want to take advice from anybody who's never done it. Everything's cute in the book. So, so what's your advice then for me? Like, I, like I, need, I want to ramp up my speed a little bit. I don't want to give up leverage, which so I still own 100% of the company myself, but I, I don't want to miss out on the whole thing too. I don't want to get smoked. Like, you just do the best you can, gut instinct. You can take, take debt, you can take debt? You want to take debt? No. Cool. You can give a piece of your equity, no. well, then, you need to, then, then you need to go slow. If you want cash, you're, you're not saying anything other than I might need some cash to accelerate my business. Well, that's weird too, because like I'm like a saver, so like we have a bunch of cash. Now we're protective of it because yep. it took us a four and a half years to get it. <laughs> yeah, right? I get it. So like we're doing some things, and I'm like, okay, well I can write a big check. Here's my here's my thing. Here's my thing. It's highly likely that this will be a tough chapter 
but how long do you want to do this? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, it's that's like, yeah. a very fair answer, and that is the question. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. So, like, I don't want to stop. Until it's not. It's after like 18 months coaster. of getting your face right. beat in. Like, I say to people, like, this is a roller coaster. I don't want to get off. Well, then like, you should. It's exciting right now. Yeah, I mean, look, all these things are about options. Everything has trade-offs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that. Look, I think that direct-to-consumer capabilities of CPG products are going to grow exponentially over the next 20 years. So even though you're going to have a lot more competition, a lot more people are going to buy bars on the internet and not at 7-Eleven and Kroger's. So it just depends on the supply and demand of the competitive set. Is your, your, your competition's going to grow, but if the demand of bars on the internet or Cato grows enough, you won't feel the pain. It all just depends on that. There's too many variables outside of this conversation that will play out. You know? I think this is why I keep pushing, like, what are you up to? Like, he's up to selling businesses. He's done it twice now. Like, that's what he was about. Like, I never want to sell Vayner, ever. I want to use it for everything else I do, right? Um, You know? You know, they're in the process of like having a second meaningful business and that's what they want to focus on because it's exciting, it's different than what, like, it really, really, really matters where you are. You're so young. So for me, when you're so young, I, I think it's great to, I think every kid should get their ass kicked once. Because then it doesn't make you scared of getting your ass kicked. So I like telling young entrepreneurs to just keep going even if the company goes out of business and they come here and say, you're a fucker, I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucker, but you're 29 now. And you've been on both sides of it. Which means you have pattern recognition. Which means when you start your next thing next year at 31, after a year of maybe getting a job and just getting back on your feet, and if you're a savior, that means you're not gonna go into debt. It's not, like, you're gonna just lose upside. Right, this is definitely an upside play. Like, well, to me, we're not that, gonna go to business. We're to, not gonna lose our email list, we're not gonna lose our Facebook <laughs> customers, our following, but the, the, the only thing you're not gonna lose is your brand. You can lose all three of the things you just mentioned. If people stop opening emails at any kind of mi- mi- significant level, if the ads on Facebook get too expensive because organic's going only in one direction, that's just the flight of the game. That's why I want people in here to do LinkedIn right now because LinkedIn organic is very good and it won't be, right? You're always going to where organic's best. I, when everyone was crying about their Facebook page organic three years ago, I was pumped, because it reset, you know? Yeah. Made it harder again. Hey, really yeah. Quick, I was overshadowed by her question. I have to okay. question on me. <laughs> yeah, you, skip, you skipped him. <laughs> What's that? Let me finish this off, I'll be right there. I was just, we're a group, there's like three or four of us, and we've been each other for a while. We're smart, we're good at a lot of things, but I wouldn't say any of us are experts at anything. So we do want to hire more people because we're going to need to. I'm trying to think like what expert, like what SEO, like video, Amazon, like what's the first one we should focus? We don't have enough money to get like all yeah, of these. Yeah, we're just a bunch of grinders. Like yeah. you don't know anything. Sure you do. You know everything. Like I'm just a grinder too. You're Talk a practice. First you're, ten here versus. Yeah, I mean the first thirty people we hired here, like. What you need? What do you? Should we pull up a photo of Sam Tiger? Uh, <laughs> what do you want? Like it's like you need what you want. Like what do you want first? You want to be better at Amazon? Well, you need somebody for, that's great at Amazon. Really creative and fun and like analytical. 
analytics and like the tracking, all of that, it's like I think we need someone to like. Good, you need somebody math. hardcore math. Math. Good. That's right, what you, I we're think. gonna take one of your guys. Fine, we got a ton. <laughs> we got a lot of them. Like, Reading, Pennsylvania is a nice place to live too. Like you know, like I think that um, I think you need math. I agree. But here's the thing, everybody thinks these, like running a business is not like getting, and even marriage, you can get a divorce, like, like what? Cool, you hired Math Matt, and you thought he was gonna be the best. He went to fucking MIT, and he's gonna be the greatest. You found out he's a sexual predator, you gotta fire him. Like I don't understand how everybody thinks they're gonna make these decisions that in perpetuity are gonna be perfect. I basically go the other way. I think every decision I make is a fucking mistake, and then if something works out, it's a happy upside. I'm being dead fucking serious by the way. That's why I don't judge or try to be over perfect. I make decisions, I value the speed of the decision over the right decision because I can fucking fix the wrong decision. That's why I've been able to build big businesses fast. Just go. What? Somebody's gonna, what do you think a re, you think somebody who gives you a resume and interviews is giving, that's the most PR'd version of themselves in the history of life. Do you know what everybody's biggest flaw is? They work too hard. Sometimes I'm so passionate about being great, I can work too hard and burn myself out. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right? Have you ever listened to anybody when you ask them what's their flaw? It's the biggest fucking humble brag of all time. I'm such an expert that like, sometimes I make my team struggle to keep up with my awesomeness. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I think everything's a mistake. I'm thrilled when it's worked out, and once it actually is a mistake, I make a change. That's why it works. All right, so we run podcast lives, and we have two um, editors. He's one of them there. And um, what would be some of the responsibilities that we should give our minimum standard for a, a a company our size to be able to make sure that we're constantly just feeding the different uh, mediums? Um, obviously, we have our own personal brand in the two companies. What, what do you think would be a good strategy for them, or what would be the next hire? Uh, I... Well, I think you need to produce as much content as possible. I think volume is the breakthrough concept. To the point where, like, between what I'm talking about, between what I'm doing with clients, between, like, like I literally, I've been, like, kind of like, fuck, am I, like, what's gonna be my next book? And, like, literally, I make, write a book called The Volume. Like, that's how much I believe in it. So the answer to your question is as much as you can humanly afford. Nothing you're about to say is no if you can afford it. Can I try and Yeah. So, um, like you said, I'm editor and then we have one back uh, in the state, back in Arizona. Um, and we find that like, yes, we, I agree with you, volume is a huge thing, but I feel like we, pre- we create more content, video-wise and everything, than we have time to edit. And then on top of that, I also have like other responsibilities aside from just the video editing and creating graphics. I also like do the do, podcast. Yeah, I do the podcast recording. I manage our websites. I manage our social media. Makes sense. Yeah. Comes comes down to a very simple thing. And then I also do like the for Asian Associates. I take uh, the was it the card orders, sign orders, things oh, like that. No, no, it's not, it's, not a, it's not at all. I hear this every day. No, no. No, no, I think it's actually very simple. I'm like, that's cool, and like, as you should, if they want to produce that level of content. You're a human, they've got an allocation of dollars, right? 
And if they want to, that makes sense. Seems like a nice, solid workload. And clearly, if there was an, if Karen was also here, and she did half of that stuff, or a third of it, or two thirds of it, you would have more output. There's a reason my team went from three people to 20 people. I wanted dramatically more output. I also wanted to train people to put into the VaynerX machine. So a lot of times people, I don't need 22. I need probably seven. I'm doing 22 so I can keep training people so they can work. So day two can be successful on Got it? So like, I think, if, I think if you're really ambitious, seven people can really do some serious fucking damage if you do media person, if you do you know, video, collecting the video, post-production, copy, right? Copy matters. You know, influencer organic distribution, biz deving deals, you know? You could, you could DM, you could message 700 Facebook pages a day and ask them to distribute your content. People need content. They're getting pre-roll ads, you're getting exposure. They think they're tricking you because you're giving them content for their bullshit inspire, inspire, inspire.com page. You're pumped because you're getting the brand. They're getting pennies from the impressions. You're getting long-term dollars. You could. That's a 15-hour day job. Business development and distribution. It could also be seven people's 15 days jobs. You'll have 4,000 websites instead of 40. When there's a moment, you strike. There is a moment in communication right now that I think is worth striking. That's what this has all been about with me. Because if there's a downside of social media consumption before voice escalates, there may be just a middle window, just like 2014 was a middle window to me. 2013, 12, I'm trying to remember when it was. Google was saturated properly, was appropriate. You know, search, whatever. Social was organic, but not all the way there yet. Facebook didn't have its ad product. There wasn't any like crazy good deal. It's kind of like the economy is now. Not buying businesses because they're all overpriced. It's too frothy, too much money in the system. Supply and demand. Good time to sell your brands. I mean, a lot of people in your positions will be upset that they didn't sell their you know, somebody right now turning down a $29 million deal from Kellogg's because she's like, well, my popcorn brand's gonna be 100 million and then the world collapses and it's not. Or take the fuck up and disproportionately move their allocations to Amazon and direct to consumer and it's all timing, right? That's what you're asking, it's all timing. All these questions are timing. To me, it's what makes my game so good is it's forever. So when you're playing a game where like you could give up 30 points in the third quarter and that's okay, but if you're like holding your breath for an exit, then it's anxiousness. But it shouldn't be predicated on we don't know. You do know. Not a lot of people that know how to sell a dollar on the internet, let alone a million dollars. You do know. You know something else, the real thing. Cool. On on that selling note, uh, so I've got a customer. Actually, my biggest customer is a subscription box company that just destroys it with my products. Uh, so they approached me about helping them develop their own product line. I kind of flipped it on and said, "I'm here for you, no problem. But if you guys want to invest in one of my lines, wealthy, um, take ownership or just have an investment in it." 
um, and we're kind of at a standstill of they're trying to make the decision on which way to go. And they have the le- they have the yeah, leverage. 100%. So I think what you did was smart. Okay. A lot of big companies will make private label versions of their product for Walmart because yeah. they have the leverage. Yeah. Depends on how big the box is. Good. More than thirty percent of your business. Yeah. You better make a deal. Playing chicken with somebody who owns a big piece of your business yeah. is and a. I'm not trying to play I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, I love the way. I was waiting for you, and I was gonna kill you, but I was like, oh no, he was smart. No, no, it was really. I was waiting. I was like, oh yeah. No, 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 you nailed it. But even if they come to me and say, listen, we want, we want your help. Dream. I'm in. You, like, you're gonna be in. Yep. That's yep. the right thing yep. to do. It's the right thing for your business. Yeah. Whoever's closest to the customer always wins. Okay. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.